Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Full house tonight, guys. We have Zach. We have George. We have Mike, a.k.a. SP Streamer. And we have me, who doesn't shut up and never stop talking. <laughs> all right. Before I let you guys talk at all, of course, Brett, Zach, you can follow him on Twitter at BravZ. Mike at SP Streamer and George at J Montanez ninety. Gentlemen, season is almost over. Besides that, how are we doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm just, you know, we're at that end here. I'm not sure if you guys have any more leagues going on as far as like head to head or anything. But um, you know, kinda kinda relieved to be honest. Um <laughs> you know, like <laughs> It's funny because it's been a long season. It has. It's just one of those things, man. It's like it's funny because we've been doing, you know, we first got into this. It's been an absolute grind. And at first it was like so exciting. We couldn't get enough of it. And then it almost became at one point like a part time job, probably because the writing side of things too didn't help. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't know. Like we all know I've caught a second wind. I'm over here staying busy, but. It's just I, – I, I understand, like, there is relief to it for sure. But at the same time, it's like we're not stopping for the offseason. And we're three days over, and we're actually reviewing ADP for 2020 already. That's it's crazy. But enough about us. Mike, chime in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm actually a little sad that it's ending. I think I'm going to miss uh, picking a picture every day on my Twitter account. <laughs> just pick one anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Today, like you pick playoff pitchers, I guess. <laughs> what you could do, actually, play MLB, the show, and then pick a streamer and like simulate the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of Twitter followers would love seeing that. <laughs> hey, man, you've done well. I mean, you've literally gained like 2,000 this year. It's been pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here we are at the end, and as relieved as I am, I mean – it feels good. It really feels good seeing like, you know, where, where you've ended this season. Um, I'm not sure how many leagues you guys play, but uh, I try to keep, you know, the amount of leagues I play kind of tight, but, you know, finishing, finishing well everywhere is just kind of, you know, work, the work has paid off at this point. Well, see, I actually, I got into way more. I, I literally had like 22 leagues this year. Literally. 22? Yes. You weren't there for that Oh, my God. You weren't there for that conversation. And, <laughs> most, of, and most of which were for money. I, put, I spent, I spent over about $1,100 on fantasy baseball this year. <laughs> I actually had someone – I'm not going to say their name, but someone reached out to me, um, and they actually did 40 Yahoo leagues this year. Oh, How do you pay, pay, pay How leagues. How anyone do that? And he said he hit, I think he got in 39 playoffs out of that many. Jeez. Wow. So he's making out. But I was like, how every day? I feel like that would take you two hours to set the lineups. And then waiver. And, and ads, drops. Like, yeah. If it's daily waivers or if it's first come, first serve, forget about it, man. Crazy. That's the thing. Oh, is this All the power to you, though. <laughs> is, this guy, is this guy an analyst or anything, though? Uh, yeah, he, he writes for a website. Jeez, so I, I'm sorry. I, I can't imagine writing and having that much time. Like, because the reason why I was pointing out that I was in 22 leagues was because I'm dropping literally 10 of them. Like, I can't do that again. Yeah. I, made I mean, yeah, I was telling him, I was like, I'm pretty impressed, man. Not going to lie. 
like this was by far my worst year as far as making money and i, I only made like two or three hundred bucks like which is still money still still profit but typically like last few years i've been doubling my money plus like it's been really really good for me so like taking on the analyst role i picked a bad year to do it when i doubled my league amount usually <laughs> compared to my usual seven to ten so i'm cutting back next year I'll focus in on either either higher stakes leagues, like you know, less leagues for more money type of thing, or because I can't, man. <laughs> like this is this is a lot. I'm really trying to focus on this stuff, but then the fantasy player in me obviously wants to win the leagues too. So, yeah, I think one league you won't be cutting is the listeners' league. <laughs> no, but we're making it for money next year, so we're making it we're work. Make it for money. Me and George are fighting in that league. We're both in second and third place. Three days. Mike, Mike, I don't even know where Mike is. Mike's all the way at the bottom. I'm non-existent. I told you. (laughs) Oh, God. And it sucks because I I don't – there's leagues I'm in I don't want to drop, but I have to. Because if – it's like I got to pick. Do I want to be – do I really want to embrace this analyst role, which I do, or do I want to be a fantasy baseball player, which I do. (laughs) So, I just got to balance it better. I got to do a little less of one, a little more of the other. And I should be happy because I think a lot of the reason why – I did so many leagues was because I had the time. Now I'm taking that time and filling it with writing and research. Yeah. So I think that changing over of balance will help me feel a little better with less leagues more. I build a focus in more on those and take my own advice. Cause I couldn't tell you how many times I was right about buying low on somebody and I never actually bought low on them. So that pissed me off a lot too. I never took my own advice. <laughs> question for you guys and then we're gonna get started into tonight's show i promise but um have you guys noticed now that you know you've taken on this analyst role that if people know what you do as far as you know doing this on the side do you find it hard for people to trade with you more because they think you're ripping them off no matter what or do you find it harder to like just in general do moves because people always like second guess like oh maybe i should have dropped them if he added them or maybe i shouldn't have done this if he did this uh, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> we both. Went. I don't. I don't tell the people I play with what I do. <laughs> oh my god! I was gonna say right, nobody right. knows that I do this pretty much, yeah. except for like two friends. Well, you guys need to tell your friends, and then maybe they'll never trade with you again. Yeah, if we tell them they're not gonna trade with us. I'd rather trade with them. Well, <laughs> thanks, because you know, because you know priorities here. Uh, at least you have one honest get host out of the four. <laughs> God, I hate you guys. Um, so, episode fantasy 40, baseball. fantasy baseball, episode 41. This is probably, like, obviously, as the season goes on or off season goes on, we get closer and closer back to 2020. We're going to be a little more serious. We'll get into the information a little more. But until then, you hear a little bit of friendly banter. Tonight, to see, again, going back to lazy hosting, we have two guys in this chat that did get into the two early mocks that Justin Mason puts on, which, by the way, I reached out to him. He's a cool dude, and it's awesome he does this. So all these are the two early mocks. You can find them on Twitter like with like a hashtag, the number two early mocks, and you'll see a bunch of tweets about them. And just, it's pretty much every time. It's <laughs> L.A. L.A., man. L.A. traffic. It's uh, – you already know that's me. <laughs> yep. It's it's a oh it's a analyst only type of deal. So I told George, I told Zach, hey, here's a link, get into it. Neither one of them listened, but Mike and I did. So Mike and I drafted in them. So we are part of this data. We are actually going to review strictly. We're going to put in. We're going to focus strictly on the top 100 essentially for tonight. We're going to go ten by ten picks at a time, and we're going to. Uh, I'll, I'll read out the picks 
10 at a time, and we'll discuss if anything stands out, if anybody stands out, disagree with, agree with, and we're going to just kind of go have fun with it and wing it and see what happens. I mean, I know I prepped, but that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> so, it's, like I said, two early mocks, t- top 100 review. So, we'll start at the top. One is Trout, two is Acuna, three is Yelich. Four is Mookie Betts. Yes, I'm disinterested because we just talked about first rounds. <laughs> Five is Cody Bellinger. Six is Francisco Lindor. Seven is Arenado. Eight Soto. Nine Scherzer. Ten Story. <sighs> obviously, there are we obviously have different opinions as to who should be where, but anything really drastically stand out to you? Anybody? I mean, uh, I just want to know how angry does it make you that someone took Arenado at four in the league? Yes, yeah, I was looking at the I did yeah. see that and I don't understand it. But you yeah. Over, over Acuna. Yeah, so I mean oh, I guess yeah, though Or even Bregman. I'd rather Bregman. Bets over Acuna? Stop it. And now I'm looking at that league. That that league's full full uh yeah. I think the one thing that stands out to me in the top ten, like what you just said, Mike, is that Bregman's not in there. Yeah. Um, I think – I don't – I mean, he'd probably be towards the back end of that, but I think Bregman is definitely worthy of a, uh, a top 10 pick. Uh, I'm a huge Trevor Story guy, but I feel like I might even slot Bregman in a little bit before him, maybe even Scherzer. Um, that's kind of what I'm taking from the top 10 there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to go over my rankings because I just started them today. I posted that on Twitter. But I actually moved Arenado up. and he, Arenado is in my top 10, so is Bregman. Turner is outside of my top 10, guys. Are you Finally. Thank God. Well, he's number 11. <laughs> <for sure>. uh, <laughs> Coming back down to earth. Yeah, I, well, what it is is I took time to actually look at stuff today instead of just thinking – just kind of going off the cuff the other day. Like I didn't really do my research. I started to now, but anyway, so we can all, I guess, I mean, the Scherzer at one really shock anybody. I mean, I'm I, slightly surprised though, just because yeah, of his back issues and everything. Like he's starting to sound like, I feel like he's going to like start turning to Kershaw almost. No, the, the, the velocity and all that's still there. He's fine. You stop it. With that being said, he's, he's been pretty me- not mediocre, but he hasn't been nearly as good as been breaking down usual lately. Yeah, well, he's. Mean, uh, this is where off-season research comes in because I have no Scherzer shares, so I honestly haven't followed much of them. And this is gonna be interesting because right now he's my number two pitcher, but I struggled with him because I have Cole at one. You don't ignore the elite season. I had Cole at one, and I was like, Degrom's just been ridiculous. Yeah, Sion, so. So I'm like, how do you not put Degrom at two? And then I'm like, well, there's Verlander, there's Scherzer. I just think ultimately there's a top four, and you really can't go wrong with your preference. If anything, take the cheapest one of the four if you're an auction, and take take the whichever one falls the latest. You should be fine. That's just my opinion on it. That kind of plays right into picks eleven through twenty one or eleven through eleven through twenty. Garrett Cole at eleven again, right there with Max Scherzer, Alex Bregman at twelve. Freddie Freeman, 13. Trey Turner at 14. <sighs> Jose Ramirez at, <laughs> Jose Ramirez at 15. <laughs> Justin Verlander, 16. 17 is J.D. Love the sigh. Yeah. 17 is J.D. Martinez. 18, DeGrom. 19, Devers. And 20, Rendon. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Again, you're in another area where I think it's a lot of recency bias. Yeah, I mean, the Devers uh, before Rendon, the thing is, too, like, uh, that high pick of Devers for uh, at nine. I was just going to say that. You know, that, that kind of has, you know, it's, it's weighing him up there, like, with uh, at, at 19 here, uh, just one spot ahead of Rendon. So, I mean, you have some of the variants here. Even that back end of that first round, you, you can see, like, Soto and Scherzer, uh, you know, they have high picks of five and low picks of 16 for Soto. And then uh, Scherzer's nine and 14. And then you got Story, who's like more tighter there. He's got eight and 13. Um, so these high picks are kind of kind of weighing it, skewing, skewing it. it. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking about that because Devers, again, I was pretty high on him. And then I was like, when I took him in that our, our other mock draft we did for fan tracks, I was like, I don't like him there. And then I made a note. I made sure to make a note here that I like Rendon at twenty better, Tatis Jr. at twenty two better, Judge, Jordan, uh, Xander, Javi, all these uh, Javi wise, all these guys going after him in ADP that I like ahead of him, which kind of teasing my rankings and teasing this a little bit. But and for people that don't know, when we say high pick, low pick, there was what, what it was is if people aren't too aware, aware of the two early mock drafts, they were uh, there was five leagues. And they basically took all the data from them and turned it into one ADP. So you have some leagues that had them too high, some leagues that had them, or had them high, had them low, and that's where the high and low picks come from. So enough of me rambling. Zach, you haven't talked in a little bit. Anything stand out or you want to move on to the next ones? Because I feel like I – again, there's only so much that really – Yeah, I mean, these picks are uh, – I really don't have anything against these. The only ones, like you just said, um, I would go – Rendon over Devers, I think uh, Devers at 19 um, is a little too high for me. Uh, I think Rendon has a more proven history and putting up MVP numbers, I would definitely uh, put Rendon ahead of Devers in my third base, third base ranks and overall ranks as well. Now these rank, uh, these, what these leagues happened, like they finished up, wrapped up about a week ago, a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, even it's been a little bit now. Mike, do you recall? I mean, um, yeah, like two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So, so some of this stuff happened, like the reason why, and the reason why I brought that up is because 21 is Mondesi and that this was before the shoulder surgery, which if you do the math, it was what, five to six months, right? Yeah. yeah, he's supposed to be out about five to six minutes. That, that puts him right into spring training and any setbacks. If he's not, or I mean, if he's back early, that's great, but any setbacks can really cost him some time into the season. So I'm sure you'll see him fall, but he's at 21. And I was, I'm so anti Mondesi. You missed I was going to say, even if he didn't have that issue, it really bothers me how high he goes. Yeah. Because yeah, if, well, I mean, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but like, if you go into the the 30s and 40s, you got Valar down there, and Valar is better than him in every category. I have Valar in my personal top, I think top 30. So, so I don't understand why Mondesi's going like 15, 20 picks ahead of him. I mean, I think a lot of this is also people just forgetting about players because a lot of these players were buried in the ADP because all these players were breakouts, you know. So you have players that were just like forgotten about because they were so low in the ADP. Yeah. You'll see that trend a little bit later on, I'm sure. No, yeah, I know what you mean. So, I keep saying so. Like, I try, like it's such a big transition word for me. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that one's just as bad. Mondesi, 21. Fernando Tatis Jr., 22. Right there, I'd make that flip right there. 
Yeah. Bueller, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bueller 23, uh, Aaron Judge 24, Harper 25. I'll surprise to see him go that high. We can discuss that in a moment. Baez 26, Bogarts 27, Beaver 28, Marte 29, and Jordan Alvarez at 30. Harper at 25. I have a hard time taking him over Baez, Bogarts. I think I have him ahead of Marte, but not Jordan or Jordan, whatever his name is. And that's strictly based on upside, but that's yeah. just me. For me, um, I think Shane Bieber's a little too low. I think I'd switch him. And, too high. And, too high. Sorry, uh, too high. Well, no, no, for me, he's too high. For you, he's too low. You think he's too high at 20, 20? You would take him over Bueller? I, I would take Bieber or, over, over uh, Bueller. Wow. See, I wouldn't take him over Bueller. I wouldn't take him over Flaherty. I wouldn't take him over Clevenger. I wouldn't take him over Nola. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You take that back. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm, I'm a big Nola lover, though. So. <laughs> Nola is so far down for me now, man. He's like SP 12 to 15 probably. Ugh. I think I would take Snell before Bieber as well. Whoa. I wasn't sure <laughs> I'm what I was there Snell yet. guy. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was there yet, but Snell has the ace upside. We've seen it. So does Bieber at this point, but. I don't know. I don't know if I'm there yet with Snell, but I definitely have. Uh, we're gonna have this. Is gonna be fun discussions in the off season. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting so, at ourselves here. Yeah, well, well, it's kind of part of it though, because I mean, you have George, who's really high on Bieber, and you have the three of us that are kind of like tamed down on him. Maybe it'll make for down. a good starting pitcher rank discussion. Well, we are harder to, to do it when you're doing just overall ranks. I think that is true, and we're supposed to uh, have Alex Fast on for his starting pitcher ranks, so that should be fun. Yeah. So what? I mean, what has Bueller over Bieber for you? I mean, like you know, I'm, for for me, I mean, I'm looking at 50 more strikeouts and 30 more innings and about the same ERA. Bueller, wait, sorry, mm. you wasn't ready for this to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> not do my homework 100% on this topic. No, I'm just curious why, because I, I thought I was that was too low for Bieber personally. I have I think, to really look at their. I think a big part of it is the, um, it's the pedigree, the upside, the potential. I think Bueller has a level of, of uh, potential that Bieber, kind of doesn't. Bieber, for me, I feel like this was his upside. This was his ceiling. I don't see that. I don't see that potential for him to be the next top three to five pitcher drafted in a, in a league. And I think Bueller can take that next step. Yeah. And I, no, think don't get I love Bueller. Um, right, did I say Bue- see, Bueller. The only, the only thing that I could see why you would take Bieber over Bueller um, is the innings because the Dodgers like to screw with their rotation so much, especially end of the year, which could screw you playoff time. So I guess I could see it from that point of view. And the division is the easiest in the damn league. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's the thing I was going to point out. I mean, the Indians, they've been getting some great matchups against the Tigers. With Cle- Clevenger's just been feasting on the Tigers and the White Sox. Um, yeah, that's the one thing I do like about Bieber, the matchups. But White Sox will be good next year, though. I think so, too. I think all, their offense is going to take a step. Yeah, definitely. And they have money. People forget, people forget that they were, they were talking about possibly signing both Machado and Harper. Yeah, that's right. So the money's there. They just have to make the commitment. Yeah. They have Robert. They have Kopech. Yeah, it's a fun team to 
the next couple of years, the, the Indians. I don't are, know if it's going to come this year. I feel like maybe the following year, so twenty twenty one, I guess. Yeah, I'll be thirty one that year, man. Making me feel old. <laughs> um, I do have one more person that bothers me here. Um, I don't know if you guys are going to agree or not, but is Aaron Judge. Just because I didn't realize I was looking at his stats, I didn't realize that he hasn't played more than 122 games in the past two years. Um, Trout hasn't played more than 140. He's still being taken second. Who? Trout? Trout hasn't played more than 140 in the last three years. Yeah, but he's still putting up the numbers. Judge hasn't <laughs> eclipsed 30 home runs since, his, since that big year, his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, that's the not... The past me. two years he has, and that's why you're drafting him is for the power. Yeah, well, he's put up 27 and 400. Like, you wouldn't rather Baez over him? Oh, I, I know I would. I, I know the AP doesn't say that. I know I personally have it that way. Right. I have Judge closer to 30, but I can understand it because I think it's the potential. I mean, I know we can we can talk potential all day, but we're talking about like a 275 hitter. And, again, he's, he's put up 27 home runs with, with under 500 plate appearances, 498. And then this year he put up 26 home runs and 441 plate appearances. I'm just afraid that he's just so big and that he's just going to be so injury-prone his entire career. That's what scares me. And I feel like you need to take that into account. And to take a risk on a player, that's, you know, in the top 25 that – can potentially, you know, that's most likely going to get hurt. I mean, you mean like Stan? That's just me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I which, mean, which, one of these the years. Well, Stan had a lot of freak injuries too, like getting hit in the mouth oh, with you, a pitch. You, and you can't, you can't pick and choose. You can't be. Nifty, <laughs> you can't yeah. say well, this, then no. <laughs> one of, man, one of these years, Judge is going to put together a fully healthy season, and it's going to keep him in the top fifty forever. You mean you mean you mean like 2017 when he hit 52 home runs and 114 RBIs? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it. Just like Stanton, Stanton's never Stanton's gonna stay top 50. Heck, I have a hard time putting him outside of top 50 to like, as yeah. I'm doing my ranks because of the potential. But at least he's being I think he's being priced better when you get down to that you know 50ish range. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> No, I have fan graphs up. Well, I'm gonna pull the ADP back up. Um, so we were at oh, 31 pisses me off to no end. Oh my god, I literally freaked out when I saw it. <laughs> and the thing is, is like only one league drafted him appropriately in my eyes, and that was League Three. Yeah. The low, the low pick was 50. The high pick was 21. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Until I see it, I'm not buying. I I will miss out on him next year. I, I will have no shares if that's going to be roughly his ADP. I'm not buying until like, – because, like, he, he burned you this year with a third, four, you know, third, fourth-round pick. The guy now, hit 15 home runs. And he says that he's never worked out in a gym in his life, which, I mean, looking at him, I believe it. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm over here. I'm, I'm fat as hell, and I'm over here talking crap about a guy who's never worked out. Um, but – I mean, I can't take that serious. But in all seriousness, though, it's like I don't get it. like he's never worked out. He he doesn't seem to have the work ethic. It's almost like because he was you know he was raised always being. I feel like he was always able to be better than everybody. That now that he's met you know he's gotten to the major leagues, he realizes wow these people can play too. And it's like now it's like a wake up call. Maybe next year. I think I still think we're another year away before he truly breaks out. And I'm not paying for his ceiling. I'm not paying for the ceiling. No, I'm not. Especially because I mean. Like you can't justify taking him over Altuve, Merrifield, Machado, Marte, 
Villar, these guys who have been, you know, I mean, Marte just broke out, but can't Wait. take them over guys who have shown their value already. Well, I can, I can take him. I might take him over Machado. I'm so no, I I don't have him ranked higher than Machado, but I'm so down on Machado too. Well, anyways, I guess we can. So thirty-one was Vlad. I hate Vlad. You guys will talk about him in a second. <laughs> Thirty-two was uh, Jose Altuve. Thirty-three Arenado. Oh, Arenado. Jesus. Thirty-three is Aaron Nola. Thirty-four is Mike Clevenger. Thirty-five is Merrifield. Thirty-six is Machado. Thirty-seven Marte. Thirty-eight Kershaw. Thirty-nine VR and forty is Torres. I like VR's value. This is actually where he's going to be going next year. That's the one that stands out to me as far as value. Yeah. But am I the only one really down on Machado? I showed you. I showed. So I'm not sure who I showed my ranks to today. I know. I think it was George and Zach. Yeah. I'm really low on Machado as far as my third base ranks go. He won't be going here for me. You guys yeah. feel similarly? Are you guys willing to take him here based on track record? Or I feel this is a little high for Machado. I think it was a down year. I think he's going to rebound. Um, but 30, what are we at? 36. It just seems a little, a little high. I like the, uh, the starting pitcher value in this range. Oh yeah. Better. Love the pitching value here. That's kind of what stands out to me in this round. Um, obviously everybody has their preference. I don't know if I would go Nola with that first pitching slot in this round. Nope. Um, yep. I mean, between <laughs> got Nola, Clevenger, Kershaw, Snell, Flaherty. Uh, there's some great ones in the 40s. Strasburg, so yeah, I, I was cutting it off at like 40, 41, but <laughs> getting better. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all preference here. So, Mike, you do like Nola as the first guy going there? I do. <laughs> Not. You forgot a word. I do. Not. Just because I have a weird, sick obsession with him. <laughs> Even though I'm a Mets fan, so it makes no sense at all. Yeah. Well, it's okay because I have this thing. For, <laughs> I have this thing for yeah. Conforto for no reason. Oh. I thought you were You were all over Syndergaard this year. I'm, oh my I'm, god, I hate Syndergaard. I'm I don't done. see Syndergaard on this list so far, and I'm very happy. He's down there. He's at he's he's at 55, and that's still too high. Yeah, well, he won't be a Met next year. So I was gonna fine. say if he was traded to the Astros like he should have been. Oh, then you take him early. <laughs> then, then, <laughs> yeah, he might be. He might be good value. And that's another thing. Obviously, trades haven't happened. Signings haven't happened. So this is all very, very early. It's just fun, good talking points because this is where analysts are. You know, these are supposed to be analysts making these picks. I mean, take it for what it's worth. Some people take it more serious than others. You know, two guys here did the draft who didn't for as an idea, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like you said, I mean it, it's it's very early, but like with these starting pitcher ranks, I mean I think each, I of love. Us have, each of us have a preference. I mean, I'm a Blake Snell guy, Mike is a Nola guy, other Mike is a Clevenger guy. Oh yeah, um, George is a Flaherty guy. I mean, we all have our preferences here. I mean, I really don't think you can go wrong with any. Yeah, you can't. Well, you can because somebody's gonna get it wrong. Like, well, if you go with Cindergard, then you'll get it wrong. But <laughs> yes, I, I learned that. I don't think so. And that's I, without mentioning Kershaw too. That's the thing. I like mm. Kershaw, but I, I feel like he lacks the upside these other guys we're talking about. Yeah, but he's already, definitely. But he's so solid. I was, yeah, he's well, just then, solid. Serious question here, because we'll ju- oh, you jump into the next set of rankings. Was it forty-one through fifty? Well, right there at fifty, forty-five is Sale. Kershaw and Sale are within, what, seven picks of each other? Who do you guys rather have next year? Kershaw. Kershaw. 
Just because Sale, it's every year. He's shut down at the end of the year. He's going to kill you come playoff time. So, I mean, yes, he can help you get there, but it's almost, in my mind, it's like, why even bother owning him at that point? I mean, you could use him to trade him, which I kind of did in one league this year, but, I mean, you just have to bank on him. You just have to know that he's going to basically be shot down. Playoff time. And the funny thing is, is I almost I think I I think I like Strasburg over both. He's been so good, and like it's just it's it's almost like the one it's the second time he's ever stayed healthy, and he's been so good this year. I was waiting for him to break down this year. It just hasn't happened. That's yet. the thing. So now that I'm buying back in, he's gonna he's gonna do a shoulder a lat something's gonna happen next year. But I'm gonna buy in because you can't project injury. Maybe he figured out a different routine that works for him. At 31 years old, wherever he is, I think I probably would go Strasburg over Sale. The Sale concerns are very legitimate, especially with the elbow. I mean, that's not something you want to mess with. Um, it just it did not sound good at the end of this year, and I just feel like it's going to linger on to next year. And I really just don't want any part of it unless he drops significantly in these rankings. And at 45, that's that's just too high compared to where these other pitchers are going there. I can understand him there, but I won't. I personally won't do it either. So I totally get it. Uh, Real quick on uh, Strasburg, I actually saw something pretty interesting on uh, Twitter. Obviously, um, in their careers, Strasburg and Scherzer have the same exact ERA. Strasburg is a better WHIP. Uh, they're tied in home runs per nine, tied in walks per nine, and tied in Ks per nine. <laughs> Both their careers right now. Strasburg and Strasburg has 10 season Scherzer of 12. Scherzer. Yeah. Strasburg was like, they're identical. It's just Strasburg, you know, that. has the injury risk. That's the problem. But he's, you know, I feel like he's a lot better than most people think. Well, he, people know how good he is. People are afraid of the injuries with him because I think this is what the second time in his career he's pitched a full season. Yeah. Yeah. Just he's just a, never bad. You know, he's never had a bad season. No, I, that's why I'm going to be in on him this year as a top 10 yeah. guy. He's going to be a top 10 starting pitcher for me. So we kind of touched a little bit on this here, but we'll run through him real quick. Blake Snell, 41, 30, 42. Again, this is this area where pitchers were just plentiful. And honestly, I would love to go hitter, hitter and take pitchers here. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's looking like. Yeah. Definitely. It sounds. It looks like everybody's doing that because of the way the draft fell. Um, yeah, pitchers feel deep this year. Well, twenty twenty. Well, maybe I think the part part of it is the typical breakouts, and then maybe just being into the the analysis like never before. We just feel like we look. I think because I realized I'm doing top thirty. Like I like say I was working on my top thirty first baseman, and I got down to twenty nine, twenty, and thirty, and I found value in them. Like in my head, I'm like, well, these guys are actually still valuable when yeah. really nobody's gonna draft them. <laughs> they're going to go undrafted in most leagues. I think one of them was like down towards the bottom was J.D. Davis. Awesome. But he's barely mixed league relevant. Could be a starter next year. Yeah. But, he's, but right now he's barely mixed league relevant. And I have him closer to my, you know, 20th ranked first baseman. But he's so solid and I, I, I want him. But, because, but I'm wondering now because of how confident I am in these, like, you know, these guys with lesser ranked. That might that that could hurt me because now it's like I'm overvaluing them. So I might like pass on something thinking, well, I can get it here this late. So that's yeah. why I'm that's why I'm wondering maybe being an analyst, sometimes you could tend to overthink things. You gotta kind of keep everything in perspective or try to the best you can. That's all. And that's why I'm wondering the same thing applies to pitcher. You know, you're talking about how deep it is. Well, you've been streaming pitchers all year, Mike. 
Clearly, <laughs> you shoot a picture every day. So you, I guarantee you, I can give you a name. And you can find something you like about them. Yeah, you just can. It's, You're right. I can find a hitter I like because I'm really big into hitters and their and, and analysis on hitters. I can find something I like in almost every hitter or a reason why they're struggling and why I think maybe they can turn around. So it's like it's just I look for it and them. Yeah, I'm like thinking and I have to like stop myself from doing this because I only really look basically for my account at pitchers under 30% owned. And I'm like, I like know all these pitchers and I like so many things about them that they're not that owned. And I keep thinking maybe I'll just draft all bats and just take like pitchers at the end. Cause I feel like I could get these guys. (laughs) I can live with them, but I need to not do that. (laughs) I want, I almost want you to test that theory next year. See how good (laughs) streaming really is, man. Tyler B is going to be your ace. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> he looked like one today. Hey, perfect game through 3.1 innings to. Well, if we actually. And then, and then it got hurt. <laughs> so, so like we were saying, uh, Flaherty, 20, 42. I really got to stop saying so as a transition word. It's so annoying. Flaherty at 42. Blackman at 43. Feels right. He's aging. He is what he is. Um, 44 Strasburg. 45 is Sale. 46 is Pete Alonzo. Man, Love it. <laughs> it's a good spot. Yeah. I would take him over Sale. Would you take him over Chris Bryant? Yes, I think I would. Yeah, I think I would too. The home runs are big enough to to ignore the batting average difference. I mean, we're yeah. t- this year it was like twenty home run difference. We've also seen Chris Bryant kind of hit the injury bug the past year or two. He's not the same player that he was a few years ago in his MVP year. So uh, I like Alonzo there. I think more so than Bryant. I might need to reconsider. <laughs> yeah, I that Glaber Torres pick of nineteen. That's that's something. Nineteen. Oh, the Glaber Torres number forty. Jeez, a high pick of nineteen. That is something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wonder if that guy was a Yankee fan. Some people just have to have their guys, and some people don't take maybe don't take it as serious. I don't know, man, because that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. Here. That's pretty uh, big. That's a pretty big dip. Like thirty compared to the forties was all right, but the that the where was it? Sorry, he his next highest pick was forty one, not thirty. I was looking at the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. So going down a little bit, you know, Springer. I feel like Springer and I feel like Springer is always perennial, perennial. Per, I can't say the word perennially. I can't say screw it. Perennially, 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 perennially underrated. He's a solid four category producer. The injury histories have people concerned. I love him here at 51. Yeah, I, absolutely. I yeah. think I'll have him ranked higher than that, but I love him. And I'd rather have him over Rizzo. I'd rather have, have him over Judge. Ooh. Yes, I agree. Really? Yeah. God, I am way too high on Judge then. I'm pretty wow. sure that earlier in the season we did uh, a first-round preview. Yeah, this is back when he was, like, unbelievable. This is when he was on MVP pace before the injury, and we, we had him as a late first-rounder. Not we, you. I had him as a late first-rounder. <laughs> Literally, I think the podcast, like, I put it out a day after the injury happened. Or he got hurt the night of or the night before, and we weren't yeah. sure of the uh, – I remember that. We weren't sure of the extent of the injury. <laughs> and I would definitely like, take him – higher than this um what's the highest he won he went 42 is the highest for him um you can see it's hard though because with all the pitchers with that with the pitching runs that happen yeah. with all with all the five like, people are chasing steals in the first few rounds that almost makes sense where he's going he offers really good upside 
but where he's going makes sense because you're getting those stats. You can get those stats. Like his stats are somewhat replaceable, not obviously completely replaceable. He offers a high floor for four categories. But people are so busy chasing steals in those first couple rounds and pitching that where he's going makes sense, even though it's a value. Does that make sense? Like, I'm probably going to have him ranked similarly because I'm going to see the value. Like, I know he's going to be a, a value pick, but I also am gonna, I'm going to see why like, I'm going to probably have other people ranked ahead of him because of needs or because of perceived needs going into next year. I don't get why everyone goes so hard after steals. Well, not every year do you find Mercado off the, off the waiver wire to get you 15. I mean, even Mercado. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's so costly to go after one category so well, early on. That's why I'm really big on fading Mondesi. The thing yeah, about right. Mondesi, or Turner, too. Turner also. Don't forget about him. <laughs> <sighs> You're going to give me a coronary over here. <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt made. Turner die or Turner for life or something like something. Turner die. <laughs> Turner die. <laughs> Turner or die. Not Turner die. You <laughs> jerks. And jerk is a nice word because it's a family friendly show. I mean, the one stolen base guy that really produces more than just that one category has been Valar, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mondesi is a one category guy. Injury prone. Um, Turner. 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 Although Turner's had a, a very nice second half, I have to say. Since he came back from the stupid pinky, he's like he's been pretty much a first-round caliber player. He's going to hit 20 home runs this year easily with missing two and a half months or a month and a half, whatever it was. He's going to have close to 40. He's going to have 40. I think he already has 40 bags or close to it. We're talking Ballard, about 20. Ballard is a much better value, though. He's going to hit you 20. He's yeah. also going to steal at least 40. And you could probably get him a round or two later, at yeah. least. Which is fine. So maybe I can get Villar and Turner and then get knock the like really hit the power later. Because, man, there is a lot of power falling in drafts now because of the juice ball thing. So people are undervaluing it. But Manfred – oh, by the way, this is probably this is probably something we should have talked about right away. Pretty sure I'm, – I'm not the only one that saw this. Manfred said something has to change about the balls. Yeah, they're going to dig into it a little bit. So They know uh, they, they know they know what the hell's going on. They're not stupid. They did this. Like, this isn't an accident. This isn't a manufacturing accident. This isn't an overlook. This is uh, – them the MLB makes it's way too much of a money maker. There's way too much, too many smart people. Well, and dumb people, but there's way too many smart people in high places. They knew what they were doing. They got what they wanted out of it. They got the discussion. They got the buzz talking. They got the buzz around the sport up a little bit. Time to fix it. This is worse. When you're hitting more home runs than the steroid era, baseball's broken. Baseball's broken. Imagine how many home runs Bonds would have hit this year. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine ninety. Put Bonds. In Yankee Stadium during the <laughs> Literally or, a 90 homer guy. Or Coors Field. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, because I thought left, you know, the short porch Yankee Stadium. Yeah. That's why. But, yeah, Coors works, too. Either way, man. Goodness. What a waste. Like, they, if they couldn't just combine the two and get it over with. As anyway. a fan, though, and a fantasy player, it's kind of been fun to watch. I don't know. I'm kind of annoyed. I'm annoyed with the three true outcomes. There's no, there's no, like, to watch a game, it's home run or strikeout or walk. Yeah. For me, yeah. it's, 
There's like, I'm with Mike on this. Yeah. Do you remember the last time you saw a, a bunch of web, web gems? No. I can't tell you the last time I saw more than two in a night because the ball's never put in play anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's how, how, a whole part of the game. Unless like Dakota Hudson's vision. Yeah. How much of that has to do with like all the shifts now, though, too? Well, the shifts might even play into the web gems sometimes, but it's just I'm just looking at it like with literally it's it's literally home run or bust for you when you have Ketel Marte hitting 40 home runs in a season yeah. almost. There's something he's like he's like he's like a buck 45 seven like the guy is not supposed to be hitting baseballs that far. Nah, he's legit. Well, I think he's <laughs> minus the power. Yes, the thing that's why it's like I have a really hard time ranking because if they're gonna fix the juice ball. Somebody like him who might have hit 10 balls barely out, like, you know, maybe 10 balls that were home runs turn into fly outs or doubles. That's a big deal for him. Someone like P. Alonso might lose seven to 10 because his power is real, but he'll still put up 40. Losing 10, you know what I mean? Like, there's different, like, the power hitters, the big power hitters still hold their value. These guys that's like Marte, I don't know what to do with. Like, I want to rank him high because he's earned it, but I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm concerned. Oh, there it is. There it is. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm just concerned though. Like it might like, like it's gonna be really difficult. Someone like Villar, I like more because those home runs are gonna go down, which means they should turn into doubles or or singles even. Like if it's a really hard hit, and now he's on base to steal more bases, so it might add some value for stolen bases to someone like that. There's a lot to consider when doing ranks, and honestly, there's gonna be a lot of wrong rankings next year. Again, there's no getting around it. That's how I look at it. Depending on how much they. Uh, mess with the baseball, of course. Or they don't mess with it, and then rankings are really easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I forgot where we were. Where are we? Springer. Uh, Springer. Yeah, Springer. Back to Springer. I mean, yeah, I think this is too low for him, honestly. Yeah. Giolito. I have no shares. I did zero following him. I know Shelly, uh, uh She's huge on him. I know, I think... George no Zach. Yep. Zach loves him some Giolito. What's is he has he really been that good? Like am yeah, I just, he's really good. He's had an amazing season. Did he, he made some he's legit. changes after the first few starts and he just he looks like a completely different pitcher. He look he looks like the ace that they thought they were acquiring. Um so I mean he's kind of sandwiched between let's see, he's sandwiched between Corbin, Utani. I mean, who knows what, what's gonna happen with that. He's oh, so interesting. Interesting player, yes. But you got Giolito, then Otani, Syndergaard is over there. Um, I mean, at, at that spot, he's, I think he's great value. I would probably even consider taking him a little bit earlier. I think I would probably take Giolito over Corbin, personally. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's had a breakout year. I, I think it's it's legit, and he's, he's going to be the leader of that staff next year for sure. And speaking of Stanton – you have Stanton at 54, which which is exactly – I think that's perfect. Between 50 and 60, anywhere, I think it's a good value. I think the risk is baked into the price at that point. Yeah. He still offers the upside. Yeah. You know what? We did, this is exactly what happened last time we did this, Zach. Do you, I think this is what you were trying to talk about earlier. 55? No, last time we did this, it took us forever to do this 10 by 10 thing. So what I'm going to do oh. – because I'm, I'm a little more savvier these days. I will drop the link to this – in, within the description of the podcast and once i post the podcast to twitter i will link this under like in a, in a sub in a subtweet so people can review the review this as they're reading because we gotta get moving otherwise it's gonna be like a two-hour podcast so <laughs> i'm gonna let you guys just look at 
picks like so we got through pick 50 see like we're barely, we're halfway through 50 so 51 through 60 anything stand out we kind of talked about i think here is going a little too high too high or too low yeah i was just gonna say here is an interesting one here i mean as i i like him i, I too high you, you think you think this is too high for him like yeah i think he needs to go lower like you think he needs to go towards like a hundred towards a hundred not towards one yeah exactly yeah yeah, I don't know. I'm torn. I think because if you look, you'll see a second base because I honestly don't know who's keeping their eligibility, who's gaining it. But right now, when I was looking at it, second base is a pretty ugly. Yeah, um, it's definitely a top five option there, I think. That's the thing. Like the position is so bad, it's going to boost them. Like I think this is actually probably right. And you might need to move up a little bit once mm-hmm. you see how bad second base is. Second base is there's like no elite option this year. Unless, again, unless it depends on eligibility. I don't know what Javi Baez is going to have. And if Javi Baez, if Javi Baez... So you'd rather go him over Muncy, you think? Over who? Muncy? Yes. Because, yeah. because Muncy doesn't offer the same speed and the batting average, we see Muncy's like a 250 hitter. Like, he is who he is by now. Where and I Escobar, mean, too. Escobar uh, also. Yeah, I hate, dude. Not- Looking at Escobar's Statcast page, I've hated it's bad. it. Oh, dude, it's like, <laughs> I haven't looked. It's yeah. all like well, last I looked, it's been a while, but mm. it's it was like all blue. I just don't understand how he continued to produce. I was so and I was so so high on him, and I think he fell off a little bit in the second half, but not right away, and it really upset me. Yeah, Hira is also not a three hundred hitter. Uh, he strikes out way too much to be a three hundred hitter. We're probably looking more like at uh, Javi Baez with less speed. Less speed? I mean, he put up 10 steals in a half a season, basically. He could do 15 to 20. I think – what was his, his uh, success rate, though? I honestly haven't looked. Again, this is why we have to dive into this stuff. Right, because I don't think it was all that great. Yeah, and to bring up Eduardo Rodriguez again – he outproduced his oh see like whatever if Erod's in top fifty there's a problem. Escobar, <laughs> see when I actually talk, when I remember talking about him giving and like suggesting to sell high on him was midseason. He was batting over three hundred and all that. He's you know, he ended up batting two seventy on the year, but his X stats pretty much suggest he was like he over even with the decline he overproduced. And he's literally what 17th he's in the 17th 17 17th percentile for hard hit rate and the 30th percentile for uh for exit velocity and everything's like below average except his expected slugging is 59 percent, so it's a little high i'm not gonna do a deep dive on him obviously but my point is is he was a regression candidate at midseason he regressed a little bit and next year he's gonna be like i'm probably gonna be one of the lower rankers on him because i see zero reason to have him so high but Conversely, real quick, 56, Eugenio Suarez is like, I feel like he's criminally underrated. At yeah. this too. Great value. Yeah, he's not going to go there. Like, we're, I can't wait until we actually get our ranks up and going, man. He's fantastic. I'm curious, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on Otani? I know, Mike, you said he's a very interesting player. I agree. Oh, um, oh, oh Otani. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. I have issues. I like him in in leagues like uh, I think Fantrax has it. I know ESPN has him as a dual eligible player. Yeah, uh, Yahoo does not, and that significantly drops him in my rankings on that platform. But 
if you can get him as a starting pitcher and a utility player and use him as both, um, I love the value for Otani. Just the health is always the concern with him. I don't know. Pitchers first year off Tommy John usually are limited the innings and just you never know how they're going to do. I mean, what, we saw what Darvish take two years to get right? Yeah. I know Tani's younger. I know Tani's potentially, you know, an ace, but I just don't know what to expect. Are they going to bring him back into more of a multi-inning relief role and let him be a hitter more often because he's such a good bat? I don't know. I need to wait and see what's going to happen there. Yeah, I do not see him in a relief role. I think it would be smart, but I don't think he wants to do that. And I don't think, at least for a few years, I feel like he's going to stay the starter route for the next few years. But do you really want to take his, like, 30-20 potential out? Like, he has a 30-home run bat and 20 stolen base potential. The guy could yeah. he could legitimately hit. So it's really guy rakes? Yeah, he's, he's probably the second best hitter on that team after Trout. Well, that's not saying much because I can really name another yeah. player on that team after Trout. Well, Cole Calhoun has, like, 30-plus bombs. <laughs> Everybody has 30-plus <laughs> bombs this year. I know. That was the joke. God. Um, anyway. This, 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 this baseball is uh, joke right now. I wanted to go back to the Hira and Bias because actually looking into it a little bit because I pulled up the fan graphs, and it's probably not a bad comp uh, between the two. I, I think you could probably get very similar production. I, I didn't, So Hira has nine steals, three caught ceilings. So 75% is not bad. It's around what you want to see. Um, I mean, I did look him up too. I pulled his Statcast page up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you look at uh, the comparison between Hira and Baez, and there's really not too much different there. I, I think you could probably get what you're getting from Baez. You you can get from Hira. Um, I would I would say he because his sprint speed is not as high as uh, Javi Baez. It's not as fast. Mm-hmm. He's barely above average. He's 53rd percentile. He's basically average sprint speed. That's not gonna play. That's not gonna play itself like play well with, you know, carrying a high bad bip and looking at the, a thirty percent strikeout rate. There's a reason why his expected batting average is forty points lower than his actual. His actual is three hundred. His expected is two sixty one. So you know he's closer to that two sixty two seventy hitter than he is that three hundred hitter. But obviously he stolen bases. Obviously it's a skill. It's like like Yelich isn't the fastest human being, but he gets twenty to thirty every year. That team runs. That team steals. So the steals are going to be there, I think, regardless regardless of the sprint speed. But I think the bad bit could take a hit. I haven't even honestly looked at it. Do you have it in front of you? But I'm sure it's like 380. It's uh, his bad bit is, is uh, this is biases. Hold on, give me a second. Here, I'm telling you, here it's, it's gonna be like 380. I'm just guessing. Yeah, it's 390. There, yeah, see. Uh, 391. I can just tell by looking at like, geez. Like I actually I feel a little sad that I could tell by looking at the X stats and stuff that like that was like a pretty good guess. Um, I'm just like it is what it is though. I mean, I just I could see the aggression. Like I don't know. So we can move along. Gallo fifty nine is interesting. <laughs> move along two picks. <laughs> yeah, Gallo at fifty nine. Do you think Tommy Pham should be that high? I I don't. I think know. in OBP leagues, yeah. Well, yeah, points and OBP, but this is – oh, maybe we should have mentioned yeah, that. This is Roto, right? This is 5x5 Roto, yeah. Yeah, might be a little high. I know this, but again, that's steals. Steals are boosting him right there. Steals are definitely boosting him there. I like Goldie's value, but I think that's right right now. I think that's where he belongs at this point. Maybe a little low, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Goldie's, Gringy, Morton, kind of all the 
Bell scares me a little bit just because it's horrible second half. Dude, he was coming around the final month and a half or so. He really was. He was finally coming back around. I like the uh, I like the Morton Grinky value there, Lee. I mean, this really just shows you that you can really stack hitters very early. Yeah. And I'm very comfortable waiting to take a pitcher um, in the four through six range. Uh, there's just some great arms and Morton Granky. I mean, those could be SP one, SP two type guys for you. Um, I would feel completely comfortable waiting and taking those two guys late. This the, late. Issue, the issue with Grinky is the lack of K per nine. And in a Roto league, that's kind of a big deal. Cause I was thinking the same thing and a buddy of mine actually didn't mention that. And he's an analyst, so I took it for what it's worth. That, you know, K per nine in Roto is kind of a big deal because K's in general. Even later than that, you got Bauer, Pax, and Barrios. I mean, like. It's... I don't want Bauer. Listen, Bauer, I'm done. Oh, well, yeah, I know. But, I mean, Paxson's been lights out lately, and Barrios is pretty solid. I mean, it's just. You feel like all these guys later on is. Uh... Yeah, I mean. There's one guy down here at 80, Chris Paddock. Yeah, it's your boy. That's yeah. That, yeah. He's very he's very interesting, and I'm I haven't I think I don't know if that's right or not though because I I obviously I, the pitchers we just talked about I don't want Paddock over them. Well, I I well, actually I would take Paddock over Bauer. It'd be Paxton and Barrios. I'm a little torn on Bauer. I'm just I'm done. You broke my heart. Bauer was ugh, I remember you and George were touting him as a top three pitcher. This he was. For like for like a uh, month yeah this was back yeah we've come a very long way guys he was a top three pitcher in april <laughs> <laughs> this is spring training he was a top right in march <laughs> and you have to you have to remember you really have to remember this is our first year doing this i don't know about you i was very reactionary at first <laughs> i've learned i've learned to let you know like that, I've learned to let the analytics talk to me and tell me what's you know what might be working, what might not. But I've also learned to not just take just the analytics. That a player like a Goldschmidt will, will have you know he'll bounce back a little bit. A player like a you know people that are proven will bounce back. We the analytics would have showed okay that's possible, but you know their upside might be lim- limited type of thing. But somebody mm-hmm. I was big on, somebody that I think should be ranked higher. I'm going to rank higher is Austin Meadows at 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Austin Meadows there, and but if you look across, he's actually somebody that stayed pretty consistent. If you look across the board, 72, 74, 76, 76, 62, 65. Like, yeah, this is probably where we can expect them to go. No, not in my draft. I took him at fifty-five overall in our fan tracks mock. Every yeah. time, thirty and ten, a triple slash of like two ninety-eight, three something, and four something. I looked it up earlier. I'm not gonna flip through my notes now. And he was hurt for a little while. And he missed – yeah, he only played like 140 games. Yeah. It's unbelievable, this guy. He's he's top – he's probably arguably a fourth-round value. You can get him in the fifth or sixth. Every time – he was your guy last year. He's a my guy this year. I've already claimed yeah, him. He was one of my guys. <laughs> I mean, he kind of slowed down in the middle of the season. He stopped running. Um, I, I think he picked the steals back up a little bit towards the end there. Uh, yeah, he finished with 12. And I want to say maybe like nine of them came in the first half. Check yeah, well, I'm okay. Uh, I'm yeah. okay. Uh, but, yeah, I honestly have to look in the stolen bases. I honestly didn't think about so that. 12, 12 steals. Like, I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to be like a 20 steal guy. If everything breaks right, he would. that would be his absolute top. Yeah. 
Yeah, was, coming into the season, I was I, I thought he'd be twenty twenty like for sure. Um, but I mean, hey, thirty two twelve. That's still that's still. <laughs> you're, not gonna, gonna, you're not gonna argue, you know, about that. I'm not gonna complain. Because you know, who, you know whose name you don't see over here is uh, Ben Attendee, and rightfully, oh, yeah, you do right there. I was just gonna say it's weird. He's got like two people took him in the forties, and then the others are in like the nineties and eighties. And I think he belongs in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, okay, rank, rank these rank these four players if you can. Like, I haven't looked into them enough, so I'm on my hard time. But off the top of your head, Meadows, Bichette, Robles, and Benatendi. How would you guys rank those? Exactly how you said it. Meadows, Bichette, Bichette Robles. Robles yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely how I would, too. So, right off the top of my head like that. But it's crazy. Benatendi, I don't think he belongs here. I like Puig more, obviously. But I don't know. I, I think he should be lower. I agree with you. I mean, Ben Attendi, we've been hearing this guy's name for a few years now. I mean, you would think he's, what, like 2020 type player? He can, can give you those numbers. Guy hit 13 home runs, 10 stolen bases, <laughs> 267 average. I mean, oh, there's no reason why this guy. There's so many times this season when I wanted to drop him from one of my teams. He, he, he was the guy that everyone's like, just next year, next year. And it's like he, yeah. he took a step waiting forward. Waiting for the breakout. And- yeah. You know what's going to happen? He's going to pull a full – he's going to go full Devers next year. I was going to say, he's going to do it when none of us touch him. But speaking, speaking of a guy that I was huge on all year, that I, I, I literally – at midseason, I can pull up the tweets. I have proof. I said trade – I was like, Matt Chapman over Machado the rest of the season. And then I was like, trade Machado for Chapman plus based on name. You could do it, you know, midseason. But Chapman at 65 is too high. And it pains me to say that, but I won't put him there. The, it's it's a it's it's good power, good RBIs, and but a middling average. I can find that in Reese Hoskins that's uh, taken after him. Eloy Jimenez towards the bottom there. Conforto ranked ninety second. I can I can find those stats later. I'm not spending a sixty fifth overall pick on a third baseman. That third base is deep too. Uh, no, like I and I and you know I'm a huge Matt Chapman guy. Yeah. I just he stands out as somebody that's a little too hyped up, and I'm, but a guy who's actually overlooked on the other side of things is Juan Moncada. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna. Yeah. mention <laughs> I like Moncada a lot. Okay, I I put it out. I put it out on Twitter, and Zach texts me. That's a hard tweet. Moncada or Machado? Who do you like next season? Right now, if you had to rank them. <sighs> <laughs> oh yeah, still tough. I, I, I just tough you have to go to Machado, but I hate Machado so much. Yeah, you don't have to. I have. A, I, have I hate him as a person, so I'll never take him. But you would be nice if Moncada ran a little bit more. We know yeah. he's of it. Uh, he put up some huge stolen base numbers in the minors. Um, I don't know if they were just being conservative, but I mean, if if he could get you twenty, thirty stolen bases, I mean that. Oh. What do you think? 80 people year? skyrocket. Um, what do you put up, like 13? Right I mean, it, it 10. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. In what, 430, 440 at bats, though? Well, Machado had five. Yeah. I mean, the 10 is, is very nice, but Moncada could easily steal you 20 bases if he got the opportunity. I just wonder how much the injury, because, you know, he was injured for a little bit, how much all that kind of affected him. But I do. I mean, you look at his stat cast page. You want to talk about off the charts? Everything is like red to the yeah. right. He's turned and the corner this year. 
I think he's finally reaching into that potential. He's strike. It's weird because he's striking out a little more when his chase rate was down. I think, or maybe it's somebody else's profile I was looking at. I don't know. It's weird. He's. So, I know. I, I know he's doing. I know he's looking. Sorry. I just know he's looking a lot better this year, and it looks like he's finally tapping into that potential. So you know, as the who's one and two with most hits in the last month in MLB is Tim Anderson and Yomikata. I one and two. And and yeah, I mean they're kind of well. All right, one and three. Sorry, one and three. And then Eloy's right there also. The White Sox have just been man. There, I know that's what I was saying. I feel I like mean, their offense next year can really take off. Yeah, well, especially when you add those Luis three young there. guys, man. Here's the issues. Here's the issues with with uh, September baseball. You have all these expanded rosters, all these no name pitchers coming up, throwing out of the bullpen, out of wherever. You have, and then you have teams like Detroit who aren't playing for anything, and teams in their division, the Royals. They're beating up on bad pitching. I guarantee you. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I guarantee you, you're going to see a lot of Tigers, a lot of Royals, and a lot of other non-contending teams. And if I'm wrong, I'll be more impressed. But unfortunately, I yeah, feel like- you might be right. I mean, it could it could go the other way too, though. They could be using more arms to go, you know, lefty righty matchups and try to use it to their advantage. Also, I don't think a team not contending would care that much. I think they'd want to get their guys uh, working. <laughs> that's it. Personally, I mean, I, but that's that's why it's tough with September stats. Because how many times have we seen somebody ball out in September and it turns into nothing the next year? You know, like gotta be real. Like, well, did you see? Um, did you see Spore's article on that? No, actually, I did not. He actually released something that um, it's like he he listed six guys last year that hot Septembers and half of them panned out. So fifty. So they shot. said it can work. It cannot work. Also, but. Basically, Sometimes it does. See, basically 50 50. Boom. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, but I think Tim Anderson, it's just somebody, his profile is something. He's, it's, it's something I'll, at this price, I'll buy. At this price, for sure, I'm in. Even if he's a top, I'll probably have him top 75. You can't ignore the stolen bases. But all right. So I totally looked up the White Sox schedule. Uh huh. Um, they went Braves, Indians, Angels, Royals, Mariners, Twins, Tigers, Indians. So you got a little bit of both. I'd say 50-50. And I wonder yeah. if they, they probably killed You can't hate on it that much. No, no, but it's like it's funny because you had the extremes, you know, you had the Indians, but then you had the, but then you had the Angels, the Mariners, the Tigers like three straight weeks. Like three straight uh yeah. Yeah. All right, so Nelson Cruz, 81. I feel like he's always going to be somebody. He's always going to be somebody you just take, and he's going to keep producing until he's like 80. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be hitting. At this point. The dude's just never going to die. It's insane. He has like uh, Reese Hoskins. What the hell, man? I thought he was in for a huge year. Uh, I was such a Hoskins guy. I got no shares, and I was always upset about it. And I mean, OBP leagues, he's great, but two twenty-five right. average, average, like I don't know what to do with him. I don't know how to rank this guy. Do you rank based on upside, or do you rank based on production? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, it's, it's really, I don't, cool. yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, how much different is Reese than, you know, what? Joey Gallo was giving us like last year. You know what? I'll just wait and take Matt Olson at ninety six. Apparently. Oh heck yeah! Oh wow, yeah. Well, you know, 
I just, I'm just thinking because like Reese is just really tough. Like I want to rank him above. Like for me, for in my first base rankings, it's like, do I want DJ LeMahieu or do I want Reese Hoskins? Because DJ LeMahieu, you can't argue with what he's doing. He's actually there at 87. It's really hard to argue his multi-eligible, multi-position eligibility and his, I mean, hitting in the lineup he's hitting and the protection he has and his hit tool. It's, it becomes a decision, like, do you want DJ over him? Do you take the upside or do you take the known commodity? Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, that's how I felt. That quiet little, like, Man, oh. I can't believe Olsen is that low. Sorry. <laughs> he, he's been, I think he had a really bad uh, couple, like, month or so now. Uh, it's been, like, maybe, like, two weeks, but. Feels like a month. It, he was out for a month, and he's at 35 homers. I know. It's, people, like, don't notice that. He's ridiculous. He would have hit 50 this year if he stayed healthy. Yeah, easily. You know, Conforto, I feel like Conforto is always a good value. He's actually creeped back up into the top 70-ish uh, hitter towards the end of here. He's been a second-half guy. He's been mashing the second half. But can we all agree that Severino is not going to be falling this far come draft season? Yeah, I was going to say Severino down here is insane. 91. And I feel like Darvish is too low, too. Yeah, and so oh yeah, that goes right into the next one. If you go, if you flip over to the next page, it's Kepler and Nick, uh, Castellanos, both of which are guys that should be taken before. But then you have Darvish, like you said, ninety nine, and then you have Sony Gray and Mike Soroka, one hundred six, one hundred seven. No way those guys are going to be that far this nah. far down. I would go Darvish over Kluber. I'd go him over Bauer. Yeah, I would do. I would take. I would take Darvish, Soroka, and Gray over Bauer and Paxton and all those guys right there. Actually. That's how high I am on – I'm also not that big of a Paxton guy anymore these days. Another guy who's burned me. <laughs> so, that I mean, that's right there. That's the top 100. We kind of touched on it. I'll definitely – I don't know if you guys want to have any – if you guys have any other final thoughts. It's getting kind of late. It's always getting late because I ramble. <laughs> <laughs> we also talk for like 45 minutes before we even start the podcast. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I think – you know, the first closer off the board at 85, is that uh, – is Hader the first guy there? The first closer? Mm. I honestly – I can't sort by position. He I might can't. be. But, yeah, I think Hader was the first yeah, closer. Yeah, he's, the the he's the only RP in the top 100. Exactly, yeah. So, that's a little surprising there considering where guys like uh, Edwin Diaz and uh, Blake Trinan were going. Oof. Well, I guess people are starting to realize that can't trust them. Well, you, right. have to, you have Those to remember top RPs. You also have to remember that you have people like this is an analyst analyst mock. We all, I mean, I think pretty much almost everybody in the industry, when you're drafting with other industry people, closers get pushed back and pushed back. Nobody yeah. drafts them. Yeah, people don't see the value in them early because there isn't. There is a recent uh, study done where. Um, RPs, the second tier is where you make the like always provides the most value every year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the first tier always it basically goes to crap, and then you know who's not getting drafted one nineteenth overall? Felipe Vasquez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be living in the U.S. come yeah. next season. Yeah, can no habla inglés. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I speak like four words of Spanish. I'm half Cuban. I'm supposed to know more. Um, I think now I'm just stretching for things to talk about. I think we're good. I think that's everything. I mean, it's top 100, and we can keep going, obviously, past that. But yeah. that's going to well, be another night. Unless you want to talk about 
few more guys, but yeah. Well, once we you know get past the top 100, and as we go down this list, we'll we'll be able to start picking out like our guys, you know, that we really like. So I mean, kind of the top 100 is more or less kind of standard. Um, and then yeah. once we get past this, you know, we start picking out names that that we're really going to be high on or low on next season. Matthew. I think what stands out to me, uh, like I said earlier, was the pitching, um, how deep it is um, in the mid, the 50 range. But, I mean, we're not going to touch upon it right now. But even once you get into the hundreds, I mean, you kind of mentioned like Soroka's name, Sonny Gray, you uh, Darvish kind of all in the late 90s, early hundreds. I mean, there's just tremendous value late um, in the pitching in that area as well. So, pretty surprised to see that but um just makes me confident in my decision i'm probably going to go hitting early and wait on some pitching next season based on what this looks like well this is really early and this is a bunch of people that reason i'm telling you it's going to be different we're gonna it's going to be a lot different we're going to have fun doing a lot more mocks and stuff going into the next year but yeah i think i think we did good for tonight i think we're done i mean it's definitely a long podcast but the good news if you're still listening, you probably listen to this over multiple parts because it's off season and there's always so much baseball talk going on. So, yeah. Uh, with that said, we're gonna call it a night. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Bases Loaded Pod. You can find us on iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, please subscribe. Please leave a rating review. I've been begging everybody. Go. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. George at J Monsonas ninety. Mike at SP Streamer and Zach at Braff Z. That's episode 41, guys. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye.